Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tribune Audio Network. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Powered by the Quad City Moms blog, here's your host, Denise Hanitka. Hi, everybody. This is a bonus episode of On a Mother Level. It makes me feel, it makes me feel, how should we say this, important and legitimate to not only have episodes, but also bonus content. That means that maybe you should be paying extra for this bonus content. Bonus Jim Mertens, what say you? I totally agree. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing great, Jim. This Happy Monday. Taken, thank you very much. This take me back to my radio days a thousand years ago. Yeah, because no one can tell that you've ever worked on radio. <laughs> Just listen to that voice. Oh, yes. <laughs> the golden tones. Jim, this is a special treat for you because I don't think you ever thought you would be on a podcast called On a Mother Level. <laughs> <laughs> for more than one reason. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Well, I want to have you here today because yeah. I am introducing today, I have a, um, a short interview with Joe Biden, former vice president running for president in 2020. And so I want to introduce that and I tried to do it myself right. and I ended up just sitting in here looking at the carpeting on the walls and just rambling. <laughs> and so I feel like I'd be better speaking to someone yeah. and having a little conversation Love about that. my experience with Biden. Let's conversate. Let us conversate. Uh, Latin for to chat. Okay. So the first thing is, so I got the call from our assignment editor that I was going to be interviewing Joe Biden because you were unavailable. Um. Yeah, but I mean, to be perfectly honest, you've, you've talked to how many politicians? This a is couple. nothing new for you at a all. A couple, but not as many as you. Uh, well, I would have picked you too. Uh. <laughs> um, anyway, so this was maybe, it was only, I don't know, that was Thursday afternoon. Right. And so my interview was then going to be Friday afternoon. And I had a pretty full day on Thursday, I was shooting a segment with Lago Marcinos. Elizabeth right. and I made caramel apples. I that saw. was awesome. And then Thursday night, I came in quickly, anchored the five, talked to the assignment desk about what my next day was going to be like. And then I had to run right out the door and I went and walked in a fashion show. Yeah. You yeah. know, so all in a day's work for a gal. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I didn't have a tremendous amount of prep time to get ready for Biden. And, um, so I go and I do the fashion show and it's kind of a later evening and I get home and, you know, now my mind's starting to calm down and I'm starting to think about what I'm going to talk to Mr. Right. Biden about. And that's about the time that Abram started puking. Oh, no. So do you ever just notice how funny timing is? <laughs> I mean, on the one day when I absolutely cannot stay home with a sick child. Absolutely. That's the day your child will get sick. When it rains, it pours. And, you know, and poor sweet Abram, he, yeah. you know, little kids, when they're sick, they just want to be with their mamas, you know? And so he's the poor thing. He's sick. And my husband's awake with him also, and we're trying to make him feel better. And so at some point, we're just, you know, giving him some goldfish crackers to settle his Anything. tummy. And it's one in the morning, and Ugh. all I can think about is, 
I have to interview Joe Biden tomorrow. Why? Why tomorrow? Right. Why this day? So thank goodness, I mean, my husband has a flexible enough job and a flexible enough schedule that he automatically said, you know, it's fine. I've got it taken care of. He actually went to work first thing in the morning and was home by 10 oh, so wow. that I could okay. leave. Um, he just needed to get some crews out for the day and he was home by 10 so that I could get to the station and get set for my Biden interview. So, um, and this is where I kind of want you to, um, add a little perspective, Jim, because I don't, nobody knows what it's like to cover a presidential campaign. It's a whole thing. It's a whole setup. And we just drop in. You think about those embedded reporters that are in day in and day out. And you, of course, I mean, with uh, Biden, you had to, it wasn't in the Quad Cities. You had to go to Cedar Rapids for it. Right. So I went to Cedar Rapids and he was having a, like a climate change town hall. Right. And it was outside at this nature center in Cedar Rapids. And for some reason, of course, again, timing this day had to be beating, beating hot. It was. So everyone's just outside in the bright sun um, at this nature center. And so I'm just waiting for the for the word from his press folks about what um, like where we needed to be and where we needed to set up and things like that. Because to be honest, when a top tier candidate offers a one on one, we tend to jump at it. A hundred percent. Because it gives us a chance to ask questions that are local um, and really impact people in this area. So it's not just that, oh, Joe Biden's in town, you wanted to go cover him. No, right. we had a chance to have a one-on-one where you get to, you get to set the agenda, right. as opposed to, like you said, his agenda was to talk about climate change in Iowa. Well, and yeah, that's the thing, because I think a lot of people wonder why we don't talk to them every time that we're covering them. And truly, it's an access thing. It's whether or not they're going to have press availability, because often their schedules are stacked such that they have to be at the next event in an hour and a half or two hours. So they fly into one place, bus to the next, and they're gone. And not every event is even open to the media, because at this this stage, for Democrats in particular, it's the search for money. Mm -hmm. So they have a number of fundraising events that we're not allowed to go to. So the public events, we try to get to as many as possible. But if there's a one-on-one that's being offered, there's a good chance we're going to try extra hard. Yeah, so I um, I go into this room. They, they let us set up in this room, and we decide that we're going to do a... Um, we're actually going to do a three camera shoot on this. And so we've got one camera on me. We've got one camera on where Joe Biden will stand. And then we've got a GoPro just for that extra, right. you know, kind of a wide two view, shot, a, a two shot angle, sort of yes. a thing. Yeah. So we've got to set this this scenario up in this tiny nature center room. And by the way, my photographer was dying, Stephanie, because the nature center room, you know, is not TV pretty, mm-hmm. you know, and there are these big bifold, I don't even know oh, how to describe sure. it, a big panel in front of the window, I'm guessing for uh, security reasons, you oh, know, okay. so that oh, nobody see. can see that he's inside, you know. So it's temporary. So they blocked, yeah, they blocked off one wall, another wall has the door, yeah. and and meanwhile there are like taxidermied owls <laughs> everywhere. That's <laughs> So weird. in every shot there's like a wild turkey foot, <laughs> like hanging down from the ceiling, and, and poor Stephanie's just going, this shot looks terrible, it just looks awful, there's an owl next to you. Why is there an owl there? I'm like, Steph, we've just got to go with this girlfriend. (laughs) So, but we've got to get it set. And we literally have X's on the floor, a Mm. place where I'm standing and a place where the vice president is standing. uh, Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Because after, after the interview aired, 
and there were some photos of the interview released, a lot of people thought, like, wow, she really kept her distance from him, you know, kind of poking at the hole. It was a little standoffish yes, in a way. Yes, and that's just how it was yeah. set up for these two cameras and to try to get as many owls out of the shot as possible. When you see Stephanie today, tell her, uh, what, why yeah, was there an was, owl in the what shot? Was, what was with that? <laughs> are you for predators or something? What no. were you trying to say? Um, so... Anywho, uh, the other thing that I think was unique about this Biden interview is that we were offered 10 minutes with him. When's the last time you were given 10 minutes? Absolutely. It's usually five at best. Yeah. So it was, I mean, there are times when I've been literally told you have two minutes, you have three questions and you better keep it moving. Well, and let's be honest. I mean, you're also very respectful of the person because, but they're they're politicians. They know how to not answer your question. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you want to be polite and not interrupt. But on the other hand, if you only have two, three, four minutes, they could filibuster you. Exactly. And actually, it was funny because Stephanie wanted to bring in some chairs so that we could sit with him. Right. And his press people said, absolutely not. You may not sit down. I was wondering why I was too standing. Yeah, they yeah. said, absolutely not. They said, And the reason is they said um, that Mr. Biden will get very comfortable and you have 10 minutes and you've got to keep it moving and he's not allowed to sit because then he will chat. I have to admit, I've talked to him twice yeah. and it was, now that I look back, they were both standing. No You're kidding. absolutely right. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So other than, let's Well, and see. you know what? I've seen also that uh, when, uh, when uh, local media got a chance to interview uh, President Obama in the White House, those were all standing as well. Interesting. I think it is just that way. It's easier to shoo people off and they don't sit down <laughs> and have a long conversation. Right. So another reason that Stephanie was frustrated by the setup because she just wanted a nice right. sitting, you know, something friendlier well, and it doesn't matter yeah. who the candidate is. For the photographer, they just want it to look really good. Yes. You know, it's yes. not that you're trying to make the vice president look good, though you are, mm-hmm. but you'd be trying to do the same thing with whoever the uh, person is. Exactly. And um, so, anywho, so I got in um, to my conversation with the former vice president, and I'll be honest with you, it got off to a rocky start. I asked him a question that I was not expecting his response to. Whenever you ask a question, I was told once in journalism school that you always want to know what the answer is. And mm-hmm. the reason is, is that you, you, um, you have to know why you're asking it. Right. You know, it's not that you're leading them in a direction, but it's just more of a knowledge of why am I asking this question? Don't right. you think that's about a- absolutely. right? Absolutely. Well, and the other thing is that you don't want to get a, a pat answer. You want Correct. to try to ask a question that's a little more specific mm-hmm. so that they give you a specific answer. And so that's why I asked the question that I asked. I led with the question, and you'll hear it here in just a moment. I led with the question... Um, presidential campaigns are so often about what's going wrong. Tell me something that President Trump is doing right. Right. And so from then on, I did not expect his answer, and things got a tad contentious for a moment there. So I'm not going to go into to it too much. I want you to just hear it for yourself. Um, but I, I, I'm wondering what you think about this, Jim. So we, we had this rocky moment during the interview. We moved on from it. Mm-hmm. I continued with the rest of the eight minutes or so of the interview. And, and it was friendly from then on. And he started asking me about my kids and stuff. And so as I was saying goodbye to him, I apologized for having the interview have gotten, I said, I'm sorry if I came off aggressive. Was that a total like woman thing for me to do? Is to apologize? I don't know. You know, here's the thing is that, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Because um, I'll be honest with you, I'm mad that I apologized because I don't yeah. think I owed him an apology. Well, I, I don't think... Well, here's the thing is contentious interviews is what they expect. You know? I mean, it's 
it's they've been on Meet the Press, they've been on Fox News, they've you know they've faced mm-hmm. far Washington Post, New York Times. They've well, and faced I, yeah. far more aggressive reporters than well, you and I. Well, I am most certainly not terrifying. Yeah. yeah well, and and he he hasn't you know. No. It's not like that's the first time he's been asked a tough Correct. question. Let's be honest. That wasn't that tough of a question. It wasn't, and that's why I think I was so surprised that that the the tone of the interview changed so dramatically because I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Right. You know. Well, anyway. I mean, and, and to be honest, that's that's happened. If, if you ever watch debates, you'll always sometimes if if there's two candidates that you have to say something nice. I mean, they did that with uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. That uh-huh. You had to say something nice about the other person. So it's interesting that that was your first question when it's yes. usually much deeper in an interview, perhaps even the last question. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Um, I don't regret the way the interview went because I think it um, it got a lot more eyes on it because it had some it had some push pull in yeah, it as yeah. opposed to well, just well, like you said, a measure of contention. Yeah, but not for the not for the reason you would expect. No, no. I was expecting I was expecting something different. So anyway, I want you to hear the interview and um, and for the ladies out there listening, don't apologize. Yeah, right. <laughs> I right. wish I had not done that. I wish I hadn't I can understand that. You know? But Would I you think have that's, apologized? You know what? I can sound cavalier and say no, but I'm not sure. I was going to actually say something. I thought, no, I'm not that cavalier. Yeah. Here's the thing is that, once again, we're, I don't know if it's Midwest. <laughs> I don't know if it's, we're small market. <laughs> but, I mean, you give respect towards yeah. people, whether you agree with them or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. I don't know. I just don't think it was that tough of a question, so that I'm not sure that you... I, I don't think you were apologizing for the question. You were apologizing for the tenor Oh, I was not apologizing for the question. Exactly. No, yeah, so it was I think, the tone. I think I can understand why you're mad about mm-hmm. apologizing, but I think it was more like you're apologizing because there was some misinterpretation there yeah. in what your intent was. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing, um, after listening to, um, seeing a lot of the feedback on Facebook, is the people who had an issue with the question that I asked were not upset about the question. They were upset about my tone. tone. And again, I had to wonder, is that, a, is that a sexist thing? That's a good question. Would a man ever be questioned for his tone? I just had to wonder because, I, I'll be honest with you, I stewed about it all weekend because mm-hmm. you want to know how you will handle yourself in the next interview. You right. know, it's, it's, it's still very much a learning experience for me. But I, you know, I'll hearken back to uh, Chris Wallace's interview with uh, Bill Clinton, um, where Bill Clinton went after him about his smirk. That he asked a question, it might have been a tough question, but he didn't like Chris Wallace's smirk and specifically said that. Well, if you've ever seen Chris Wallace, he's the man of smirks. <laughs> he's always got something going on with his pursed lips that make you go, what are you trying to really say yeah. facially? So I don't necessarily think it's, it, I, I, you know what, I can't say that. But no, I, 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 just I appreciate I appreciate. But the, you, do you yeah, remember that point? give and yeah. take between mm-hmm. uh, uh, former President Clinton and Chris Wallace? I mean, I, I just... I think also that politicians sometimes might have a bad day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, it's just you gave him a bad look in his eyes or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's going, oh, this is a local reporter trying to sting me. Right, right. So I go back to the question thinking, why would you think that's a trap? I don't know. I don't know. Should we take a listen? Um, yes, let's go. Um, and also, uh, yeah. for regular listeners of my podcast, I did ask him for his win and his loss of the week. And he answered that question, and he <laughs> la- answered it uh, very well. And so you'll hear that at the end of this uh, brief interview. So thank you so much. And um, Jim, what an excellent, what a mother level you've taken this interview to. <laughs> I'm very impressed I was able to do this. Thank you. Here we go. 
presidential campaigns are so often about what's going wrong with the current president. What is President Trump doing right? I can't think of anything. You can't think of anything? No, I, I'm not being facetious. I yeah. mean, the way he is uh, separating us from the rest of the world, the way he's walked away from acknowledging there's any climate problem, the way he is um, not uh, told the truth. I'm sure there's things he's done that I'm unaware of, <clears throat> but uh, there's nothing I can think of lately. Well, in Iowa, the unemployment rate is 2.5%. People say they are employed in Iowa and their small businesses are growing. Iowa they picked were, Trump by... Before he, they were employed before he got elected. The president won by 10 percentage points in well, Iowa. I'm not suggesting he didn't win by 10 percentage points. What I'm suggesting is he's not the reason for the unemployment rate being down. But why should people want to make a change, though? Well, that's up to them to decide. Why should they? It's for them to decide. We'll make your case. I'm not going to. Look, I just Go ahead. The, the fact is that your farmers are in real trouble. Manufacturing is being lost here in the state because of a trade policy that makes no sense. He is moving in a direction where you're having floods that he acknowledges that have nothing to do with the environment. The lands are flooding, your rivers are flooding, and so, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. Something you said outside interested me. You spoke about rail being a part of your climate yes. change plan, and you specifically referenced the rail project that had been canceled in Iowa, and we're still waiting for that Illinois portion to come through. That's that it. was the project connecting the Quad Cities to Chicago, something yeah. that would be huge for our yeah. area. Why is rail so important to your climate change plan? Because it takes hundreds of thousands of cars off the road. Hundreds of thousands of cars saves, saves billions of gallons of gasoline over time. And so it's not only, it's only high-speed rail that connecting cities and states, but also local rail and uh, within cities. And, uh, and so it does a great deal to be able to reduce the amount of consumption of fossil fuels. That's the bottom line of it. I have two little boys at home, and in order to stay home with them, during my maternity leave, I had to take a month off unpaid, and so many people can't take that six weeks unpaid. They go back to work and put tiny babies in daycare at six weeks. What can we do to get paid parental leave in this country? Provide for a, a, a tax credit for people who need to take that time off. And that's the way I think we can do it. We can do it the same way in terms of, there's a lot of cases where you have a, uh, a sick child, a sick parent, and you have to stay home to help. There should be paid leave, and the way to do it is two ways. One of which I think is the easiest way is to do it with a tax credit, so that if you take the time off, you get up to a $5,000 tax credit off the bottom line of your taxes, and that's how to pay for it. What about affordable child care? Affordable child care is, is we should be paying for affordable child care. The fact of the matter is that I was a single parent for five years. And I made a good salary. I was a United States Senator at that time, $40,000, $42,000 was more than the average person. And I had a lot of help and I couldn't, I couldn't afford childcare, but for my family. And so I think it's important that people understand if you provided for up to an $8,000 tax credit for childcare in the United States of America, you'd have 740,000 more women back in work and they would increase the GDP by a significant amount of money. Talk about the role young people will have in this election. Well, they have an opportunity to really determine the outcome of the election. <clears throat> President Trump won by 173,000 votes in three or four states, combined total. If they had voted in the same percentage as the rest of the country had voted, there'd be over five million more votes would have been cast. And they're the most informed generation in American history. I have a podcast and it's about motherhood and parenting. And so yeah. one thing that I always have my guests do is we celebrate something that went right that week and we kind of laugh about something we did wrong. So a win and a fail for the week. 
What's something that you're proud of and you're celebrating this week? Well, I'm proud of all these kids getting engaged, all these young people. They really are. This, we're celebrating a day that focuses on the need to do something about climate change. And, uh, and besides, and I'm happy my granddaughter won her, her third soccer game. Hey, that's fantastic. It's a good thing. <laughs> Any screw-ups this week that we can laugh about? Well, uh, the biggest screw-ups usually occur at airports uh, <laughs> and waiting. But uh, I think maybe uh, the, uh, the biggest screw-up is we came all the way out here and didn't pass a single ice cream store. You're going to have to rectify that. I have to take care of that. I know. In the Quad Cities, people love Whiteys. I know. I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I do, too. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And how old are your children? Um, I have a three-year-old and I have a seven-month-old. Yeah. God love you. Yeah. Two little boys. Ours. I had two little boys. We were at Irish Twins. A year and a day apart. Oh, man. Uh, and, uh, And then a little girl came right after that 18 months later. So I tell you, <laughs> that's a good way to do it, though. They'll, yeah. be, they'll be each other's best friends. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening to On a Mother Level from the Tribune Audio Network. Tribune Audio Network.